0: Welcome back everyone, you are listening to Type 2 Fun, a podcast that cherishes the fun aspect of all the challenging stuff. Hi, this is Hiba and I'm a medical graduate. Hey
1: everyone, this is Fazan and I'm a business professional. Uh, Hiba, I was thinking that, you know, today we discuss a topic around organization, you know, how we can organize ourselves better based on effective systems and achieve the results we want in anything we pursue in our lives.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. But why don't we uh, first define a system? Like, what system actually is? System is basically a a series of uh, different steps, which includes uh, different actions or inputs, and uh, those inputs provide outputs or results. So, talking about systems, why don't uh, you tell me something about poor systems that lead to unfavorable uh, consequences?
1: Sure, Uh, I'll give some very generic examples. I think the first. And a very simple one is if a business, you know, has poor systems in place or poor processes or they don't evolve at the times, they're mm-hmm. not adaptable, then they might end up closing, right? The business Makes might sense. not run anymore and they might have to go out of business. So that's one. Another one okay. might be that, you know, for, let's say for airplanes, if there's not proper systems in place to maintain airplanes and service them, then you might have potential delays or, you know, the plane's might not work properly. So that's another example of a poor system. Um, I think that's good. Um, Hiba, why don't we talk about why would a system fail?
0: So there are multiple reasons why a system can fail. So first thing is that if the vision is not well-defined or if there is a lack of clarity about the values or visions uh, then we lose sight what we are trying to achieve or what our objective is. And I think that's the major reason why systems uh, fail in first place. Another thing is that uh, that if there is a poor design of a certain system, then it is most likely to fail. And there are multiple points, um, such as like Im- improper communication or inefficient uh, measures of uh, results, So if those uh, outcome measures are inefficient or there are no certain outcome markers to evaluate the progress, then that can definitely lead to a failed system. Another thing is that if there are poor accountability measures, that means that if you are not critically questioning your system or you're not uh, making critical uh, judgments about how your system is progressing, then I think uh, it can lead to a serious failure in your system.
1: No, I think those are all valid points and it makes sense.
0: Yeah. So what do you think? Like, why do we actually need to design strong systems?
1: So I think it goes back to a very basic level of understanding, right? All we want to do is achieve results. Us humans by nature, we want to be successful. We want to achieve results. Mm -hmm. And in order to achieve results and continually achieve results, you want to have a process or a system in place, right? Obviously, it won't stay the same. The, your whole life, it'll have to continually evolve and adapt to changing circumstances. But a system gives you a guideline of like how to become successful, right? It helps you be more effective and productive and direct your energies in a positive direction. Uh, and overall, uh, overall, it helps eliminate, you know, chaotic patterns that you might uh, otherwise engage
0: in. So yeah, a lot of, we focus more on getting work done and not emphasize more on building strong systems yeah so or if like we have those systems in place then it's less likely to you know uh, produce inefficient results
1: yeah no exactly what you said right that we the systems that are in place uh give us guidelines right mm-hmm. and we can critically assess them and then make sure that we're doing the right things at the right time yeah okay so we've talked about We've talked about why we need systems and, you know, why do they fail and examples of such Uh systems. So how can we actually design a strong system?
0: So basically what goes in designing a strong system, the first you need to identify your vision. Like you have to see what your main objective is. You have to answer your why's, Mm -hmm. like why you want to achieve that task. What are your values? Uh, And I think that will really help clarify the misconceptions and clarify a lot about why and how you're going to get those things done. Another thing is that we also need to identify our source of inspiration. And it really depends. It can be a certain person or it can be a certain company that we are looking forward to and that we aspire. And that source of inspiration is really going to stay with us and help us achieve those uh, goals it's wise to write some short-term goals and uh, long-term goals. Those goals need to be specific and not just like abstract ideas. So you need to be really specific about your monthly goals, yearly goals, and even like uh, five yearly goals and so on. So I think that brings uh, definite things on your plate and you really know where you're going and leading.
1: I think the one point I'd like to make in terms of goals is you want to have goals and goals are great. But you don't want to be tied down to them to the letter of the law. Um, what, and what I, I don't mean by that is like, you know, you can kind of skimp out on achieving those goals. That's not what I mean. What I mean is, you know, it shouldn't, your mindset shouldn't be, okay, I've written this goal down. I've achieved it and then that's it. I'm good. No, you always want to be evolving your goals as you yourself evolve.
0: Yeah. I agree. That's a very uh, great point that you made here. Definitely, flexibility plays a major role, and um, so we we need to continually adapt ourselves. So, after we have listed down our goals, then we really need to make sure that uh, we know our system. So, in order to do that, we need to dissect the current system and uh, need to identify what are the current issues, such as like in any system, there can be issues such as uh, lack of consistency or maybe communication skills. Uh, issues or maybe a uh, mismanagement of funds. So we need to identify those issues, then uh, creatively approach those problems and design solutions for those problems. So we need to address those uh, root causes of the problems. Um, so that's about it. Another thing is that uh, after we have designed our system, we need to make sure that we have a plan of action to ensure that we are monitoring that system in a critical manner, and that uh, we can, and that we can do through assessment and accountability of our system. First thing you can do to uh, to assess your system is uh, make some checklists. and uh, those checklists can uh, act as a framework or as a, a resource uh, which um, you can just use to assess your system. Uh, Another thing is that you can ask other people or other um, members of your team or like even outside um, members to assess your system critically from different angles. And that uh, gives you an outside or a wider perspective. As we said earlier, like we should be flexible and we should uh, not hesitate to remove certain parts of our system and like bring new innovations in our system to adapt and grow our company or uh, whatever it is. Why don't you um, like further elaborate what I have told you uh, through an example so we can have a better clarity about dissecting the system and how to implement it?
1: Sure. Um, so yeah, you've t- you've given some great points on how we can design a system. And how we can incorporate a system. So I was, I'm going to take us through a very generic example of, let's say there's a sales department and, in a company, right? Mm-hmm. Any company, it doesn't matter. And, you know, this is a very generic example. So the any insights from this example can be applied to pretty much anything, right? So I'm going to break it down into a couple of big chunks. Um, my big chunks are planning, analysis, and then the last one is execution. So let's talk about planning first. As I mentioned, you need to have a vision, right? So let's say for our sales, for any sales department, for that matter, their vision at, at its core is to sell, right? The more they sell, the quicker they sell, the better it is for, you know, for the company, its employees and all stakeholders involved. Now there can be nuances to a given vision based on the organization or on your personal level, but, um, this is generically, that's what it is for any sales department. The second point is inspiration, right? Inspiration can come from many different avenues. Some people are motivated purely by money and profits. Uh, some people want to balance out the money making with, uh, but they'd also like to help people and help their clients and build, you know, longer term relationships. Your inspirations whatever they are will play into whatever vision you set out. We set out for this, you know, hypothetical sales department. And the next idea is, you know, short term goals and long term goals. You know, your goals in the short term, let's say that it's, it's a less than a year timeline. Uh, It might be to hit certain sales figures, revenue figures, or, you know, the clients that you want to acquire in that period of time. Along some longer term examples of goals might be, you know, obviously they'd include any short term goals you have, but also items such as, you know, keeping your clients or customers for an extended period of time. Again, in our sales department example, it's clients and yours, it might be something else. So now that we've kind of have our vision, our goals in place, then the second part is to uh, do an analysis of a current system. So let's assume that our hypothetical sales department isn't performing up to standards required by the company, right? Based on the company's vision, goals, or whatever that may be. So how do we go about fixing this issue, right? How do we go about Fixing a non-performing sales department. Well, first we gotta evaluate whatever the current system in place is and what the processes in place are. Right. Your your evaluation has to start from the very beginning and go until the very end. So, in our sales department scenario, hiring would be the very first step. Right. How are you acquiring your salespeople? Are Are you hiring the correct personalities with the correct experience that align? that A, align with the company's values, and B, the experience that they have, that they have the necessary experience to engage with your customers and actually close sale. Now, if somebody doesn't have a background in in an industry, it'll be harder for them to connect with that industry's product and services. And in turn, it'll be harder for for them to execute an effective sale. Uh, A couple more things that we can look at from uh, a current system analysis perspective is, You know, how are potential clients identified and targeted, right? And is your methodology for identifying these potential clients appropriate based on the content? And how are we evaluating success versus failure? Uh, Success can have different connotations and failures can have different connotations. So we want to be mindful of how we're actually evaluating these, you know, and then what follow-up mechanisms are in place, right? If a salesperson makes a sales call, let's say it doesn't go well. Then what do you do? What are the next steps? And lastly, it's, you know, how is success actually measured, right? And you have to have separate criteria both at the employee level, at a team level, at a department level, and so on. And so I think answering some of these questions will help you ascertain what the current system you have in place. And it will then lead you to figure out what areas of improvement are there for you to actually implement. implement. Because once you've reviewed the entire current landscape, then you can start to identify areas of improvement and how you would actually go about improving them. Now, uh, Hiba, do you want to talk about some um, measurements of success? Like how do we actually measure success?
0: We should think about measurements uh, from a holistic perspective. For example, if you take a journey of a single sale and uh, follow it from beginning to end, and uh, in that you can basically identify the points of importance that can eventually lead to successful closure of your sale mm-hmm. so uh for example our measurements can be around like number of potentials uh potential clients that are contacted how many interactions we had with uh, each of those clients how many interactions uh, on average uh, does it take to close a certain sale so these kind of uh, questions can uh, really identify the measurements of success
1: makes sense um once we know what we actually want to measure, then the second part is how do we actually get the data that we need in order to measure all of this, right? Yeah. So, for example, you know, all the things that you just talked about, we live in a great time where we have so much technology at our disposal and we should be making use of all the technology at our disposal, both in a personal context and in our work context. So, for example, in our sales scenario here, we can have a repository of information, right? A database uh, that can sit in a customer relationship management tool like Salesforce or HubSpot. So that way you have all your information in one place as it relates to customer relationships. You can, uh, we should, you know, especially in the COVID situation right now, have virtual meeting capabilities so your salespeople don't have to you know, spend time going to an actual client's office in order to pitch them and save time that, save time and cost that way. Uh, another thing is to project manage, right? You should have some sort of project management tool in place to figure out, you know, who your leads are, schedule times with them, schedule follow ups with them, make notes about each client, et cetera. So that way you have a lot of data points, as many data points as you can gather in order to evaluate them at a later point in time. And then the last thing I want to talk about from a data data perspective is you want to try and automate as many processes as we can, right? Because the whole idea with that statement is the more we can free up our brain power from doing lower output activities, for example, sending a follow-up note, Mm -hmm. the more we can utilize our brain power on things that actually require us to critically think things that matter a bit more and would have higher outputs comparatively.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so last but not the least, uh, having accountabilities and responsibilities set up and communicated clearly to the team members is really essential. And you have to take your time to set up those correct expectations and ensure that they're well perceived by the team members as well. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, um, a lack of communication or miscommunication can really lead to a failed system
1: makes sense, yeah they've you might have a great system in place, but mm-hmm. if it's not communicated properly or people don't know what's going on or yeah. what they're what's required of them, then the system falls apart right
0: yeah. yeah, that's why it's really critical to also ensure that the team members have understood what you're trying to communicate
1: no for sure. So now we come to the last section of uh, this example, which is the execution. Now that we've you know analyzed our current system, figured out areas of improvement, and what we want to do, now if we've set everything up properly, it's all about just following the system and executing. Right? You don't have to think anymore. You just execute what needs to be done. So that's the execution. Then the second point is data accumulation. So as I talked about, we can leverage technology as much as possible in order to accumulate the data points that we need in order to analyze our progress mm. and, you know, based on the measures that we've identified. The next part is once we have data accumulated, it's analyzing, right? You analyze and you continually analyze, right? It's not like you analyze once and then you don't do it for a year. Uh, the whole point of a system and having a system in place is, so that you can continually evolve. And how you evolve is by doing analysis. So you plan your analyses and you measure your results. Now, do keep in mind that if things aren't working out, that you give yourself the flexibility to adapt and evolve. Just because you built out an extensive system or a plan, it doesn't guarantee success. Sometimes even the best of plans don't work out. But what's important is that you have the cognizance and the ability to identify when something isn't working and change it. Otherwise, you're a dinosaur, essentially, and, you know, like other dinosaur businesses, you'll eventually run out of business, right?
0: Yeah, that's actually a great example. And I think once um, this entire process is finished, whatever the outcome may be, like it can be success, it can be failure. We can critically assess our system and refine it based on the results. And uh, another thing I want to ask is that there's always a fear of losing and failure and making mistakes. So do you think we should hesitate to make mistakes? Like, how should we go about it?
1: So I think everybody has that fear, right? Of making a mistake, doing something wrong. But we shouldn't dread mistakes. Like people say, you learn more from your mistakes than your successes. That's true. Yeah. So Because success, we don't critically think about successes. As much as we critically think about mistakes, it's just human nature, right? Once you, you've achieved a positive result, you move on. You don't think about why you achieved that result or how you can make it do even better in the future. But if you make a mistake, then you're down about it. And then you try and figure out, okay, what went wrong and how to fix it for the future. So perfection, yes, theoretically it's great, but realistically not everybody's perfect. So you wanna, you don't wanna dread making mistakes but you want to be cognizant that if you do make mistakes you critically think about them and make sure that you're improving going forward
0: i think when we are living too carefully and trying not to make mistakes then we are also missing out on so much of uh, on the freedom of the creativity and uh, our hidden potentials but if we are like if we set up a threshold uh, and then Within the threshold, if we allow ourselves to make mistakes and uh, experiment uh, with our ideas, then I think it would be fair.
1: No, for sure. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's got to be some ground rules, right? Right? You shouldn't be so risky that you end up losing everything.
0: Exactly. That's the thing. Uh,
1: okay. No, that makes sense. And uh, So, Hiva, there are times when we're putting energies, you know, we're putting our focus and mind in the right direction, but the results are delayed or they're not as good as we expected. So, is it really a fault in our system?
0: So, yeah, that's a very reasonable question. So, it can be best explained by a concept of flywheel. And uh, this uh, concept was initially suggested by Jim Collins. So, flywheel is basically a device or a wheel that is used in um, multiple devices like cars and airplanes and different devices and what it does is it basically stores rotational energy or kinetic energy so this flywheel example can fairly be applied in any situation be it a business model or studying pattern or even any any of the systems that you are working on so when we run our systems based on like clear vision and long term and short term goals uh, these goals and visions seems like unattainable milestones. But if we think about it from a flywheel perspective, all those efforts that we are putting in to achieve those uh, values or to achieve those uh, long-term goals are never wasted. They are all stored in the flywheel or in the form of rotational energy. And once you have those uh, recurring uh, results or recurring efforts to achieve those results the momentum gains and the flywheel just like uh, rotates on its own so that is not just because of one breakthrough that was all because of the results of the different successes that you have been having all through the while so I think it's really important to understand that concept and it's only by time by time all this uh, all these efforts are going to give momentum to our system and then over time the system will get running on its own and require much less energy than initially uh, it would require.
1: No, that makes sense. So you have to build momentum and momentum gets built slowly, sometimes slowly, sometimes quicker. At the same time, you want to be critical of your system as well, right? If you're not achieving results for a longer period of time, then you should critically assess and see if something does need to change. So again, it, it all comes down to mindset and having the flexibility in your mindset to pursue things differently if that's what's required. Um I'll give you an example based on just your flywheel. Yeah. Example. Sure. Let's say we start running a small business, right? Yeah. Initially very small number of people believe in the vision and the and our goals, right? So it might seem like that our goals are unattainable. But you know, as we start to do business, small results are delivered, the flywheel of this business gets momentum. More people join the business, work is Focused in the direction of the vision, we achieve more results. And that's how the flywheel gets moving to make a company, a small company, into a booming business, right? And this can be essentially applied to any field.
0: You said it can be applied into any field. So, what uh, other areas or fields does a strong system can be applied to?
1: Um, So, pretty much anything in life, right? A system is essentially a series of steps. So yeah. anything we do has a series of steps and has a result and an outcome. Mm-hmm. But for I'll give you some quick example. It's like when you're studying for an exam, right? You build the knowledge in chapter one, which is basic. Chapter two gets a bit more advanced, but chapter two gets a bit more easier because you have the basic knowledge from chapter one, right? So you start to gain momentum and, you know, the harder topics that come in later chapters become a bit more easier to understand as opposed to if you had gone, directly to chapter 10, instead of doing chapters one to nine, right? So that's one. And then again, I already gave an example with running a business. So any business model would greatly appreciate strong systems towards their success. And even mundane stuff, like maintaining a clean car, you know, maintaining an organized closet or, you know, a house in order. All these things in our personal lives are essentially systems. We're doing some sort of steps in order to achieve a desired result. So if we put in a strong system in place, we can achieve those results more effectively and more
0: Yeah, these are some really good examples, and I think uh, it's quite relatable.
1: For sure. Um, I think uh, it's best we wrap this up now. So do you want to just take us through some concluding thoughts?
0: First, uh, we need to understand that strong systems are basically building blocks of uh, remarkable results. And uh, when we achieve those positive results, all the struggles we have had in the past don't seem as bad. Uh, So when you look back, uh, all the experiences or all the struggles you have had feel meaningful. And that's why we call it type two fun. Uh, Another thing is that before designing any system, we should be clear about our visions, our goals, and uh, we should have a role model or an inspiration in front of our site to uh, look upon. And then we can reconstruct our system based on our values, our visions, and and get inspired from our role models. So that's one thing. And uh, it's also essential to continually evolve and be flexible about our our system so we can tweak in whenever it's um, needed and finally we should continually monitor our system and uh, analyze it throughout
1: yeah no. so yeah
0: that's about it and i hope uh, this was a meaningful discussion and uh, it gave you insight about developing strong uh, systems in your life be it professional life or personal life so uh, do you have anything to add Pathan?
1: i think uh, i think that's uh, that's it for the, this week we'll catch you guys again next week with another new topic until then take care and have fun